Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstead. And I'm Kristen Lyerly. And I'm Pat Kreitlow. And you're saying, wait, I don't hear the music. Where's the rest of the show? We did this little thing on, on the front end to let you, the podcast listener or viewer, know that we record the show live on radio on Wednesday nights, and there was severe weather rolling through the area. So you're going to hear a lot of talk about weather, especially in the first half of the show. Don't let that throw you. The sun might be shining. Don't run for your basement. There's no severe weather necessarily. This is what we had on Wednesday night as we taped the show. So thank you for your patience. And with that, here's the real intro to the Up North podcast. Hey, folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Minnesota. Kristen Lyerly and OBGYN is on the Fox River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Won't you let me die? Hello, and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bangstead. I'm Kristen Lyerly. And I'm Pat Kreitlow. Uh, on the show this week, attorneys Joe Good and Mark Leitner, partners in the firm of Laffey, Leitner, and Good. Uh, we had them on... Uh, back on March 16th, and we'll be talking about the January 6th committee hearings just a mo- in just a moment. Uh, but first, um, in a very classic, uh, you know, new media way, we're, we're not just a podcast. We're also a live radio show. So those of you listening a few days later, this won't matter as much. Those of you listening right now, um, this counts. So we're going to tell folks that a severe thunderstorm warning remains in effect until 7.30 for northeastern Dane County. For our Madison radio station listeners that are listening, a severe thunderstorm located near Sun Prairie is moving northeast at 70 miles an hour with 70 mile an hour wind gusts, nickel size hail, uh, and a tornado watch remains in effect until 10 p.m. So this is something you want to take seriously, please do. And as we have any other uh, weather advisories to pass along to any of our live radio audience, we will do just that. Now to get back guys to the uh, the main topic at hand, um, on a much lighter note, uh, our show title this week is I may have committed some light treason in honor of the Jeffrey Tambor line from uh, Arrested Development. Light treason seems to be in heavy rotation around us from trying to overturn elections to voting obstacles, from turning courts into partisan political arenas to, I don't know, a congressman giving tours of stairways and other weird areas that we now have on tape. Um, There's a lot going on, Kirk, to, to try to make sense of this week. Yeah, so we're going to, so I had this idea because we've been talking about the January 6th insurrection for forever on this show. And so I wanted to, over the next three weeks, while we're kind of going through the national hearings, everyone's listening to those on TV, I wanted to relate them to what was going on in Wisconsin during the same time. So um, uh, we're going to introduce Mark, uh, uh, Joe Joe Good and Mark Leitner, who are the lawyers for the lawsuit that we had against uh, Ron Johnson, Tom Tiffany, and Scott Fitzgerald. These guys told the same story that's being told at the national level, but as it related to these politicians and what was going on in Wisconsin. So um, basically, uh, we're only going to talk about the first two hearings uh, tonight because that's all that we've uh, we've really seen. But the first hearing was kind of a uh, composite of all the future hearings that we're going to have. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, the next two segments, we're going to talk about first the big lie 
uh, and how the, the Wisconsin folks kind of helped tell the big lie in Wisconsin. And then we're going to talk about the overall um, kind of scheme that had Pence overturning votes. So those are the two things we're going to talk about in this segment. And we'll talk about uh, fraudulent electors next week. There is just a, a lot to cover, and we're going to continue to, as you said. Um, but we're also going to keep folks updated along the, uh, the weather uh, wires as well. There is a tornado warning that has been issued for southeastern Columbia County and northeastern Dane County and western Dodge County. That's in effect until 730 uh, at 651, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located over Sun Prairie. So we'll continue to monitor that situation and pass it along. Um, and, you know, one thing that didn't come up a lot on these uh, hearings, there was supposed to be one. We, we weren't even sure we were going to do a show today. That was before Mother Nature got in here. But that was because there was scheduled to be one uh, today, which had gotten moved. And there's been a lot of speculation on why it is. And uh, personally, I think part of it is that we're still waiting. Today was one of the days that the U.S. Supreme Court uh, released decisions. And I don't think the committee wanted any Roe v. Wade, you know, decision making to get in the way as well. So uh, we'll have uh, some more uh, completely baseless speculation on just about everything in the news coming up right after this break. <laughs> You're up north. Then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet. And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You gotta know Welcome back to the Up North Podcast We will uh, talk about the, the people who are taking gambles in Washington, D.C. in uh, just a sec here But first, an update on weather A tornado warning is in effect still for southeastern Columbia County Northeastern Dane County Western Dodge County Until 7.30 on this Wednesday night If you're listening live and there is also uh, a severe thunderstorm warning uh, that is in effect for northern Jefferson and for Dodge County until eight o'clock. Severe thunderstorms continue along a line from near Columbus to near Marshall. There are 60 mile an hour wind gusts. Uh, so damage is extremely possible. Please take cover if you're in any of these areas. Uh, Kirk, let's get back to this week's uh, events in D.C. All right. So, uh you know, the last hearing we had uh, was a few days ago, and uh, it talked all about how Trump, um, you know, even though, you know, his own attorney general, who was his ally, uh, Bill Barr, told him that all of these, that all the uh, cases, there was no real fraudulence happening in any of the elections. We had a slate of Republicans that were on his team uh, that testified that they had told him that the uh, that you know there's no reason to challenge these elections. Uh, we also heard that he kept on challenging these things with his super PAC, which raised a ton of money that went to a lot of his own kind of kind of web of uh, of, of friends. Um, the, all the hearing was about the big lie, and so uh, I wanted to invite you know we got Joe Good and Mark Leitner here from Laffy Leitner and Good, and these guys. Uh, helped me with about 10 plaintiffs in Wisconsin file a lawsuit against Ron Johnson, Tom Tiffany, and Scott Fitzgerald, the, the three politicians we thought were the most, uh, you know, had made the most egregious, uh, you know, kind of aiding and abetting of the insurrection uh, in, in Wisconsin. And so I wanted to introduce them. I want to talk a little bit about the basis of our lawsuit to ground us. And then I wanted to go into the Wisconsin version of the big lie that was happening while Trump was trying to uh, sue all over the place and, and, and overturn the election. So welcome, Joe, and welcome, Mark. Glad to be here. 
Glad to be here, Kirk. Good to see you. Great guys. Kirk, so wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Before you get into questions, since we're talking about <laughs> yeah. weather and we're about to get into this hearing and all the Trump stuff, I would just like to acknowledge that weather always makes me think of Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which always makes me think of Rudy, Rudy. Giuliani. Uh -oh. And I would just like to invite you. I see that PBR. I personally have an Evers Ale from Monaco Brewing. <laughs> I I, I'm recovering from COVID. I couldn't go by my Monaco brew today, so I'm drinking what I've got. I got on here. Oh, hey, drink I, what you got. But I got. <laughs> yeah, I got all serious. Wait, Chris and right. So I got all serious because because we got these this weather stuff happening in Madison. Uh, but the whole point of this show, well, not the whole point, but one of the fun things was to talk about Rudy Giuliani was nailed by a lot of his colleagues that said he was oh there we go every time we say rudy giuliani we got a drink because it's a drinking game and uh and the reason is is because it was the most ludicrous thing and it made all the it made all the sense in the world trump listened to rudy who was apparently wasted uh, out of all of his other advisors and rudy said you need to declare that you won the election at the two in the morning even though their votes hadn't all been counted yet so yes you were listening along uh, in, in Wisconsin. Hopefully you're not hiding under your table in Madison. If we say that word or that other word, <laughs> we, uh, we all, we're all going to raise our glasses over here at the uh, Up North podcast. All right. So, guys, tell us what were we trying to do in the lawsuit, um, uh, first of all, and, uh, you know, what were we trying to do and what what did you what was your main like in, in like the elevator pitch way what was the main gist of our argument on how we tried to convince a judge sure i'll go so hey we brought a case uh, like several others around the country uh asserting that johnson and fitzgerald and tiffany are insurrectionists that they violated section three of the 14th amendment of the u.s constitution which basically says when you swear an oath to the constitution and you engage in insurrection you don't get to hold federal or state office ever again and we filed a federal lawsuit about that back in March, and we recently uh, got tossed from it. Uh, and the basic gist of it was the what is this? This was a massive conspiracy to undermine the transition, the early transition of power. And Johnson and Tiffany and Fitzgerald did their part. There were three of many conspirators, some of whom we're going to talk about today, with the leader of the cabal being Donald Trump. And Mark going to tell you why we filed in federal court, because we got yelled at for not doing that by the federal judge and uh, why we lost uh, lost this case. Well, we filed in federal court because we we had very little other choice. The the other option that we thought about uh, before we filed the federal lawsuit was to file a complaint with the Wisconsin Election Commission, which is a body that governs. It's made up of six people. Half have to be Republicans, half have to be Democrats by law. And the Election Commission is charged with very broadly uh, administering Wisconsin elections and deciding things that include voter uh, or a, a ballot candidate eligibility. And uh, if we had brought the complaint before the, the Wisconsin Election Commission, uh, it would have sat um, until someone decided to have a vote on it. If someone and, and ever yet, though, to have And yet, because, Mark, that is that's what the judge was saying is like, maybe you may not like the process, but it is the process. And so right. even though it time was. is of the essence here, they're still making you jump through the hoops. Well, that, that's what they said. The, the judge's decision was not on the merits. It was not saying these people are not insurrectionists. It was not saying they do have a First Amendment right to come out and lie and conspire. 
to uh, to try to subvert the the peaceful transfer of power according to the Constitution. The court didn't rule on any of that because it ruled on, I guess, what we would call preliminary technical issues as to who gets to bring the lawsuit and uh, and and how under state law uh, these challenges can be brought. And you know, it would be really nice, for example, if we had a setup like Georgia where people, ordinary citizens, like the ones who challenged uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, could file an administrative complaint and have it heard. Now, they lost on the merits in part because Marjorie Taylor Greene only held office for three days before January 6th, and that was the only time that she was subject to the, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, the rules. Um, and the bottom line is that the judge ruled on a number of technicalities uh, as to why we had, uh, we were in, you know, we, we, we went to the right church, but the wrong pew, as it were. So now that the case has been dismissed, which is just so fundamentally disappointing, what does that mean for voters in Wisconsin? It's uh, back to the political process. It's organized. It's call your neighbors. It's get out there and vote and uh, run for office, run for school board, run for city council, run for anything that's important enough for you to care about. But organize, uh, organize um, you know. Yeah, but Mark, that's the positive way to say it. The negative way of saying it is that there's there, Wisconsin really doesn't have a process uh, to hold insurrectionists accountable at the state level. We uh, do not. We do, not. It's, we do not. It's, it's a flawed process and Wisconsin can't do it. We try to get a federal judge to help us. He refused because, you know, he, he said it's not a federal thing. It's a state thing. And, and Wisconsin is broken in that way. Uh, so WEC is yeah. clearly inadequate. It was <laughs> WEC is WEC is created to be powerless. Yeah. Right. I think it's important. Part of the story is 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 just that in the in the last 15 years, the state of Wisconsin has essentially emasculated the Wisconsin Elections Commission, making it a body that really can't do much uh, with these kinds of issues. And that well, was the struggle it, we had when we went into federal court. Right. It really would have been much different if we still had the Government Accountability Board, which was actually doing a much better job. Kristen, you've got yeah. a follow up. I'm just going to give a quick update for folks listening live on the radio that we uh, still have a tornado warning in effect for southeastern Columbia, northeastern Dane, western Dodge County until 730, a severe thunderstorm warning until 730 as well. And I should also note that for Dane County, a flood advisory is in effect until 1015 for urban and small stream flooding. And uh, that could include uh, a whole past level locations in Dunn County. Basically, if you're in an area that can be impacted by minor flooding in uh, low line urban areas, or places with poor drainage, uh, just use all precautions and, and don't let anything bad happen, uh, such as what happened in the Milwaukee area uh, not that long ago. Uh, Kristen, let's get back on track here with our discussion on how, how do we get justice in such a broken system? Yeah, I'm deferring to Kirk because I can see him and he's winding up. So Kirk, <laughs> Boom. All right. So uh, let's get back to this big lie. What, what we heard of the hearing was that uh, Trump, um, you know, his own uh, campaign manager told him that he was he lost the race. Uh, his his own lawyers in the White House told told the other lawyers hatching plans to overturn the election that they needed to get a good defense lawyer. So we heard that all at the national level. Uh, Mark and Joe, what was happening at the same time throughout when when when, when uh, Biden was elected, uh, you know, November 3rd or whatever, until January 6th? 
They were suing. They were lying at the national level. What was happening in Wisconsin with our plaintiffs and, you know, and anything else? Well, I mean, I think it, it, it goes without saying that when you're part of a conspiracy, you row in the same direction, right? So what was happening in Wisconsin, particularly with our three defendants, Johnson, Tiffany, and Fitzgerald, was they were they were performing their part, right? They were fomenting the distrust, undermining the actual idea that the Wisconsin election was full and fair and that there weren't issues. Even though, as we now know from these January 6th hearings, uh, Trump was being told this, uh, frankly, leading up to the election and certainly on the election day and after that there really were no issues. Uh, he nevertheless persisted in filing 60 plus lawsuits around the United States, a number of which, and Mark's going to talk about one of them in Wisconsin, there were actually a couple different Trump lawsuits, uh, and he kept getting spanked because there was no voter fraud, but they kept saying it over and over and over again to, to, to foment that, that distrust and basically put pressure, political pressure on uh, the vice president who ultimately was going to have to decide what to do. Okay, wait, I got one question for you, Mark. Were any of these suits filed by Rudy Giuliani? No, Rudy did not Rudy file. Rudy Giuliani? In, not in Wisconsin. <laughs> not in Wisconsin, but in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, no. Rudy Giuliani gave a... Uh, gave he doesn't even drink. I don't know what he's drinking. Water. <laughs> Uh, Rudy Giuliani made an oral argument where he said it's the strong burden of proof that we have on this challenge under the Constitution, uh, which doesn't exist. But Rudy was probably drunk uh, at the time. So anyway, uh, yes, there were there were quite a few suits. The Trump uh, Trump himself filed a recount in the counties where there are a lot of African-American voters. He lost in the trial court there, lost in the Wisconsin Supreme Court. He, uh, he had some of his uh, associates and uh, people who were uh, one of the, the phony Trump electors filed a suit in federal court uh, that was thrown out uh, by Judge Pam Pepper here in Milwaukee for no standing. And then he filed another suit. His, his own campaign filed a suit here in Milwaukee in front of a federal court. That one was assigned. It's just a random, you know, somebody reaches in, they pull out a judge's name, and that's who gets it. Well, this case went to uh, uh, U.S. District Judge Brett Ludwig, who had been appointed by none other than President Trump shortly before that. And at the first, and we were, Joe and I were involved. We were uh, involved. Hold on, Mark. In Let me ask, what about, uh, or Joe, what about that guy, Mark Becker? Uh, what happened with him um, in the... Uh, in the, well, in the Johnson uh, uh, thing. Sure. A funny thing's going on in the way of the forum, right? So so Johnson and Fitzgerald and Tiffany are doing their part. Trump's doing his thing. And they, you know, this was all pre-programmed. They had a meeting, uh, Kirk, back in August of 20. Cleta Mitchell, who was a lawyer at Milwaukee's very own Foley and Lardner, spearheaded, was the chairwoman of this committee, which included the infamous John Eastman, who I think we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. And they basically had a plan for all these suits. And while that was running its track, Johnson and Tiffany and Fitzgerald were doing their thing, the fomenting that we were talking about before. And we know, because we've talked to them, but we also make allegations about it in the complaint that Mark Becker, the former Republican chair of the Brown County uh, Republican Party, got a call from Mr. Johnson, Senator Johnson, on November 14th, seven days after Biden has declared the winner of the election, and basically admits that he's spewing trash and lies. He knows that Biden won the election. He says that, but he says, I'll lose. I'll, it's suicide. It's political suicide if I say anything different. So that's what's going on on the political front. 
And then we've got all these lawsuits going that Mark's been talking about. What happened with Tiffany? Uh, what was, t t remind us about Texas, remind us about right before uh, the uh, insurrection, what was Fitzgerald and Tiffany doing? Well, well everybody, go ahead, Mark. Fitzgerald, for his part, uh, got together with uh, with the security at, because remember, he's still a state senator at this point. Wait, wait, and, wait, uh, was Rudy Giuliani part of this? Rudy oh. had nothing to do with it. <laughs> It was parched. Two. <laughs> but uh, Fitzgerald got together with security at the at the because it, one thing, if you look at these issues, uh, the electors for Wisconsin have to meet at the state capitol on a certain day. Well, we told you that Trump lost the recount, lost that suit in the trial court, lost in the Wisconsin Supreme Court about two or three hours after Trump lost zero percent chance. He's gone to the last court he can go to in Wisconsin. And uh, Fitzgerald brings the fake electors into the state capitol surreptitiously and has them meet there to cast their signed pieces of paper, phony, false, sworn affidavits that they were the electors uh, for Wisconsin and they were going to vote for Donald Trump. So that's, and that's what Fitzgerald was doing. And Tiffany, your buddy up in your parts of the woods was... Uh basically signing on to a lawsuit that went to the United States Supreme Court to have every single vote, Trump votes, Biden votes, and every other vote in between. Apparently his own vote, out. you know? Uh, it, there are so many threads here. We, we need one of those murder investigation boards. Uh, so anyway, hey, the tornado uh, warning is going to be allowed to expire at 730, uh, as was planned. The severe thunderstorm warning will continue for Central and Southern Dodge until eight o'clock. Um, storms again moving away from uh, most of our radio audience uh, in the south central part of Wisconsin. So we appreciate your patience uh, on this Wednesday night for those of you listening live. And we will come back and uh, talk more with uh, Joe and Mark about all of these shenanigans. I got no better word than shenanigans coming up after this. You're up north. Let me die. All right, so we always had to say, throwing it all away, is there nothing that I can say to change your mind? That might be what Trump was talking to, asking Pence to do when he said, throw away all the electoral votes. Can I please change your mind to do that? Uh, we're going to talk about that in the next segment, the, uh, uh, the conspiracy to overturn the election by getting Pence to throw away the electoral votes. But before I do that, let's just recap what we talked about in the last segment. Um, we had, while all these lawsuits were happening from the election until the uh, insurrection, uh, you had all these, uh, Trump uh, uh, challenging every single, every single vote. He said everything was fraudulent in the swing states. While that was happening, Johnson, Tiffany, Fitzgerald, our US senators, our congressmen, uh, Voss, everybody was tweeting in Wisconsin, are, we, need to, we need to make sure every vote was counted. We need to make sure, uh, you know, that that there wasn't ballots being dumped somewhere in Milwaukee in the middle of the night. So we knew that was false. Tons of lawsuits in Wisconsin said it was false. But our elected officials, our Republican elected officials, including the three defendants in our suit, the most important Republican 
which would be Ron Johnson and and you know Tiffany and Fitzgerald were were trumping the big lie. So let's move on to uh, let's move on to Pence. What's going on, Kristen? Well, let's talk about like trumping the big lie. You know who else is behind that? And I think one of the key players is Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with that. I think I Rudy that was in the president's ear every day. Well, mm-hmm. I think well, that's two. Yeah, he absolutely was. So, so Both. for those of you just joining, every time we say these two words, Rudy Giuliani, we got a drink because he because is he accused did. of being drunk so and changing could. the course of the United States history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got that down. So now that we've talked about Rudy Giuliani and what was happening in Wisconsin to sow the seeds of doubt about the election. Why don't we go back to the first hearing where they introduced the lawyers, John Eastman and Kenneth Chesbrough, and their plot to steal the election. Yeah, we only got to, uh, in the introduction to part of the story in the first hearing. So can you go through what you've learned about this uh, plot to hand Trump the election through Pence's counting of the electoral votes, guys? Everybody thinks that January 6th is about the violence and the stupidity, the stupidity the stupid acts of January 6th that we saw from a lot of people. And yeah, that's part of the story. But the real story is what was going on behind the scenes, okay? And it started early, okay? November 7th, Biden's declared. By November 9th, Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker in the state of Wisconsin, is asking the Legislative Research Bureau for a memo asking for advice about how much power the legislature, the Wisconsin legislature, controlled by Republicans, and we're going to get into all the interrelationships of these people in a bit, on what they could or could not do to affect the electoral count in the state of Wisconsin. Within days of Voss asking for that information and asking how electoral votes in Wisconsin are counted and what role, if any, the legislature plays, a guy named Kenneth Chesborough, okay, who is a Wisconsin native. He is a lawyer in Massachusetts. He is, I think, a, kind of a fancy guy. He's argued in front of the United States Supreme Court, I think, a few times. Mm-hmm. Clearly no dummy. He pens off a memo <clears throat> to Jim Troopas. Jim Troopas is a Michael Beston Friedrich, retired Michael Beston Friedrich lawyer, uh, former circuit court judge, and Donald Trump's lawyer in 2020. And, and in Chesbrough, the state of Wisconsin. In the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, thank you. That's right. And in both cases, uh, or no, excuse me, one in, in the case, in the recount case in Wisconsin. Anyway, Troopas gets this memo. Troopas and uh, Voss and Reince Priebus and all these guys, all these Republicans hang in the same circles. And the memo from, from Chesborough goes, here's what you need to do to create a set of electors uh, and, and have presidential electors sent off to Washington for counting. And the scheme that was created by Chesborough, and we now know from what the select committee has done uh, with John Eastman, the lawyer from California, is create a set of of, of alternate electors, fraudulent electors in the states where Trump wanted to contest the election to set into motion a big contest on January 6, 2021, when Mike Pence would be opening up the electoral votes. If, and, if Mike Pence was even there, because remember that one of the plans was to have him not be present and have Grassley take it. Conveniently spot. gone, yes. <laughs> right. The idea, the, 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 the machinations that these guys, Chesborough, and later Eastman go through to basically set up, to tee up this idea where they would basically ensure that either the seven states where that were in contest, the votes would be thrown out altogether, 
or the votes would be tossed back to state legislatures, which Mr. Voss was told by his Legislative Research Bureau would not and could not happen because mm -hmm. it would be illegal for the Wisconsin legislature after an election to do anything with the vote to say, oh, well, we don't agree with that. We'd like to, we, we choose this guy. Uh, but the, the end contest, what ended up happening throughout the fall as this begins to take shape is this lawyer-driven paper conspiracy, okay, is John Eastman writes this memo and he writes it on the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. I guess it was Donnie's, uh, Donnie Trump's Christmas present. And it basically lays out how the January 6th vote should go. And in the end, what Eastman proposes is that A, the Electoral Count Act, which was created uh, in what, Mark, 1880-something, uh, as part of a problem counting electoral votes. It was a constitutional or a, a statutory uh, enactment of Congress designed to set up how this would work. Eastman just declares that it's unconstitutional and says all the it power- worked pretty well for 136 years. But. Exactly, but that aside, it's unconstitutional because John Eastman said so, and basically gives the ball uh, in, in Eastman's mind, uh, Vice President Pence under the 12th Amendment of the US Constitution has all the power in the world on January 6th to do basically whatever the heck he wants. Okay, let and let it, let positively Central American or, you know, where, where it's, I don't know if we're in Venezuela or where we are, Wish we'd come up with that when Biden was vice president. Yeah, yeah, imagine <laughs> that. So so you really had these these two different scenarios. Either one of them becomes a Trump victory, right? Uh, depending on which path they, they end up taking. Yeah, absolutely. Either uh, if, if Pence recognizes the fake electors, which Eastman said he had the power to do, if he does that, then the fake electors vote and Trump wins because he wins those seven key states. Or... Uh, if Trump, uh, if Pence decides, well, we have these disputes and I can't pick either one of them, so we're not going to count those seven states at all, however many 40 million people, 50 million people disenfranchised by the vice president of the United States, well, then no one has a majority. And what the Constitution says, when no one has a majority in the Electoral College, that is resolved by the House of Representatives. But there's it's a not, bunch you want to trust. Oof. Yes, but it's not even, it's not even, you know, each district, we have 435 representatives. Each district doesn't get a vote. Each state house delegation gets a vote. And that is why they wanted it there, because there are more, there are more Republican majority delegations, even if it's two to one. Like red states, right? There's more red states than blue states, but the right. red states like Montana have like 500,000 people and the blue states exactly. like California have like 50,000 people. Or however, exactly. Like, ton, so, like tons well, of millions of people. Exactly. exactly. And, and you would have had, uh, a, a, you know, it's bad enough when the electoral college results in the president being selected by a minority of American voters. Uh, what you'd have if you had these states each voting once you know, you would have uh, an even more lopsided uh, uh, minority of people choosing the president had that path gone down. It, now, it's downright devious what, what Eastman and Chesbro came up with. I mean, it is really quite devious. And that's why we heard in the, uh, in, in the, two day, the hearing two days ago that one dude, who was that one dude who's told Eastman, he's hung up on him and he said, you need to hire a really good criminal defense attorney because what you Can just did- Can I give did, you some advice? <laughs> one, of, one of Donald Trump's own, uh, one of the original election lawyers who quit along with the other uh, election lawyers 
who refused to put in bogus fraudulent legal theories in all these election so, challenges. So I got so there's so we, you said two scenarios. So let me let me back up and recap what we said. This was a scheme to have Pence take the election into his own hands on January 6th. He was either going to we had he's either going to accept fake the fake fraudulent electors some of which came from wisconsin you know in a in a darkened opened up key room by fitzgerald yep. either accept them and hand the hand the election to trump or reject all of them so that the election would go to the house of representatives in which the red states would overturn the blue states and trump would win what's the third way there's a third way that this was going to go down well there, there was also talk of sending it back to the state legislator legislatures literally like putting a, a hold on the electoral count and say, well, let's send it back. But remember, the problem with that, and I'm sure we don't know because we're never going to know because our case was dismissed so we couldn't get into discovery. But you got to think that all these guys are talking behind the scenes. And remember what I said at the beginning of this segment about Robin Voss getting an opinion from his own you know, lawyers at the, at the legislature saying, you have no power, Wisconsin legislature at least, to take any action post-election. Okay. Once you've Once set they, up the rules, you got to yep. follow those rules. You got to follow the rules that you set up. Now, we don't know what happened in other states, but my exactly. guess, Kirk, is that they realized that wasn't going to fly. Like, even that was something they couldn't figure out what to justify. But what they, it, what, what's amazing to me about this story, and, and, and it wasn't Rudy Giuliani. Oh, snap. <laughs> it was that Vice President Mike Pence literally saved democracy at least hold, in 20 hold on hold on it wasn't it wasn't just mike pence because you, you stole my thunder here with so get your glass ready it's <laughs> it's that he talked to dan quayle who said oh, all of this that's is a double wonky. drink you can't do this and you know <laughs> you know dan quayle used to be like a nobody do you know who we used to hold in higher esteem than dan quayle oh rudy giuliani <laughs> yeah <laughs> Chris, okay, please. okay. Yes. But so all of these incestuous connections that you guys have alluded to and explained a little bit, can you tell us more about these Wisconsin connections between Eastman, Chesbro, Troopus, yeah. Reince Privus, Robin Boss, Cleta Mitchell? Yep. What, what about these connections and why are they these things down for the complaint? Okay, so let me <laughs> let me see if I can take you guys through it a little bit. One of the things though, and we talked a lot about this the first time we were on, right? When the case had first been filed and Kirk had this great analogy about how a bank heist works and you know you got a getaway driver and you got somebody who does the stick up and you got a, somebody in the safe house and all that kind of stuff and that's basically how a conspiracy works and one of the things and this, think about this just from a common sense perspective okay to, to have a conspiracy you want proximity to people and time right so you can play the game of telephone right you call up your old buddy hey we need this things get loose and certain things happen so think about this Robin Voss, the assembly speaker in Wisconsin, was college roommates with Reince Priebus, the former chief of staff to Donald Trump, who was unceremoniously tossed out on his ear, remember, in the first year of Trump's administration, probably because he was too square and his name was Reince, okay? So then uh, he goes off and he, he starts a, a company, an affiliate of a law firm uh, called Michael Besson Friedrich based here in Milwaukee, where Jim Troopas used to work until he was thrown out on his ear in 2010. Because Wait, of why was he thrown out? Say it. As I understand, it had to do with shenanigans involving the Michael Besson Friedrich's involvement in the map making in the 2010 reapportionment gerrymandering fight. 
but they were, uh, they were caught refusing to turn over documents that the court had told them to turn over. And the firm got in trouble. And so they basically threw Troopas, who'd been there forever. So then in, in typical, uh, I guess, US of A fashion, Troopas became a judge, because that's what happens. <laughs> and then- Scott and then Walker left, said, this is the guy I want. And then, they, and then he went into private practice and of course became Donald Trump's uh, uh, lawyer. But so you got Troopas at Michael Best, you got Reince Priebus, a former Michael Best partner who now runs a lobbying group called Michael Best Strategies in Washington. Again, all ears to the president. Then you've got Troopas and Chesborough, who we talked about a few minutes ago, who have co-chaired, co-counseled, excuse me, various pieces of election litigation around the United States. So they have a relationship and Eastman is in that mix too. Okay. So they all know each other professionally and some personally. I mean, Reince and, and, and Voss were like this. And there's a whole article, I think it was in the Times about this, you know, how Wisconsin was this power center when Trump came to power, because you had Paul Ryan as the Speaker of the House, right? And you got Reince Priebus as the Chief of Staff to the President of the United States. And you got Robin Voss, who is single-handedly with Scott Walker, bulldozed Wisconsin progressive politics and basically destroyed our state in a single suit. And they all know each other. They all and Cleta Mitchell is part of Foley and Larner, which is an international yeah, was. was she Cleta Mitchell was what she was on the Trump committee to figure out what to do when he lost. I need Colorado. eleven thousand votes. In, so in August was, of in, in, yeah, go ahead, Mark. She was on the uh, she was on the call with Raffensperger and was was urging Trump on, telling him he was right, telling him to keep going when he told uh, Raffensperger, look. Get me ten. Get me eleven thousand votes. I don't care how you do it. That's what I need to win. Which, which again, it that in and of itself, you would think would be enough that people would hear that. But there's a lot of things where we thought people would hear it, or they'd see, you know, the the hair dye running down the face of Rudy Giuliani. You know, you yes. thought these things would disqualify them, <laughs> and it did not. Um, I, uh, more to come. Uh, unfortunately, all these people should have a reunion at some point in Wisconsin, or maybe maybe <laughs> Fort Leavenworth would be yeah. better. Uh, yes. Joe, Send them to Oxford. Joe, Mark, you've been amazing, and thank you for being so patient. We're even we're even uh, you know costing you a, a, another minute's worth of time for one more uh, weather alert. But we, I, I'm sure, we will uh, have some some more conversations, and we'll have to come up with a new name because otherwise, I can't finish this show if we keep doing drinking games with uh, with Giuliani alone. Thank you guys. Oh, Appreciate man. it very I'm much. Um, all right. One more weather note to pass along, and that's a severe thunderstorm warning that includes Fort Atkinson, Jefferson, and Lake Mills, and that lasts until 8.30 on this Wednesday night. If you're listening live with winds up to 60 miles an hour and quarter-size hail possible, so please, again, take care. Meanwhile, those of us up here on Lake Wissota, where the sun is shining again after a very stormy afternoon, we will take a break and get set to wrap up the show in just a moment. You're up north. I'm Thank you, as 
always to our radio host, Devil Radio 92.7, The Shaw 101.1 FM and WAUK 540 AM. You can use their Devil Radio app to catch the show anytime like I do. Get the podcast version of the show from all the usual places or the show's website, upnorthpodcast.com. And we also put the video version up on the Facebook page of Kirk's Manaqua Brewing Company, where we just established I will be receiving free beer and <laughs> on YouTube. Wow. And you can find Pat Rudy Giuliani will not get any free beer. Oh, there we go. Hey, Pat, you better say this part. Oh, uh, find my daily work over at Up North News, WI.com, where we, amongst the stories today, was um, again Wednesday night for those folks listening via podcast. The Senate giving final approval to a bill Tammy Baldwin worked on to help our veterans in Iraq and Afghanistan who have respiratory illnesses because they were exposed to burn pits. Who voted against the bill? Ron Johnson and every Republican member of the House delegation. And I wish we'd had more time for this, but Chief Inspector Michael Galen, who's uh, supposed to be uh, investigating the elections. Inspector Clouseau. He got put through a salad shooter by Judge Frank Remington today who called him a misogynist, disruptive, referred to what he did as a circus. I, I mean, it just goes on and on. So go to Up North News, uh, either on social or upnorthnewswi.com and read more of uh, Judge or former justice michael gableman's terrible horrible no good very bad day and it couldn't happen to a more deserving soul you've heard that the uh, the guys are still here we we just decided that they they lost so much time during the, with weather that uh, joe and mark got to hang around so that kirk can ask him you know 1.5 more questions in the time we have left <laughs> so so we're well we're ending because these guys are probably going to be on next week as well but um you know even though pat even though pat you know sidetracked us with 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 the sir gableman circus remember i was able to play my most favorite song leave the door open by silk sonic because next week and this is a promo for next week we're going to talk about how Scott Fitzgerald left the door open for fraudulent electors to come into the uh, Wisconsin Capitol building. The reason we talk, didn't talk about that tonight is because it deserves a show of its its own. There are so many uh, twists and turns in the fraudulent elector bit that has to deal with Wisconsin that that we couldn't fit it all into this week's show. So uh, that's what we're going to do next week. I got a feeling these guys are going to be going to be talking about it because we talked all about it in the lawsuit. So. Uh, any, not the, any not the least of which is is um, uh, that. Oh, never mind. I, I, I was. I, I, I'm just impressed with an Anderson Pock reference. You know, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> oh, way to go, Mark Leitner comes in big with the, there you with go. the hip. Nobody I was going to say knows. not the least of which that the the state capitol was supposed to be closed due to COVID restrictions at the time, but yet somehow Fitzgerald found a way around that. So, guys, we've talked about a lot of things that have been Wait. talked about earlier. I'm now going to ask you to just do wild speculation because we started the show that way, and so we're going to wrap <laughs> up that way in the in the minute and a half we have left here. Um, Right now, things are relatively scripted, produced, which actually is a good thing. You want to to have that. You you don't like ramble your closing argument for a jury. You actually prepare it. However, with the day delay or, or so on the hearings and such, I want to know your thoughts. Do you think 
that there will actually be real news broken, not the prepared stuff, but I mean, stuff even the committee doesn't know about yet, uh, you know, a witness who flips or, you know, contradicts himself or herself. So guys, wild speculation, are there going to be any surprises at the, the next hearing or two? I don't think so. I think that, I mean, I think there have been, you know, a few new tidbits of information here and there. Um, I think the, the the house is to be commended for the way they've done this. Um, you know, Mark and I are in the business of information relaying, right? I mean, as you said, when you prepare a closing, you prepare a closing and it's based on the evidence. I think these guys have done a really, really effective job of taking complex matters and describing them and summarizing them really not only impactfully, but clearly where people well, they're, go, they're oh, doing it, that. they're doing it with TV production values too. And, and, yep. and you need, it's not just a, you know, it's not just good, ver- good words, it's visuals. And what they're also doing, you know, is to allow the, uh, they're allowing the Republicans to talk. Yep. And Kristen, you got witnesses. one quick point here. Yeah, I just wanted to say, if you haven't watched the hearings, please watch them in their entirety, unedited, uneditorialized, because they are compelling and they're so important. They are. And with that, it's time for us to go. So thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for joining us at the cabin. I think we will all be back here with a new game to play next week. (laughs) 